I want you to turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 4 and verse 16. Have you guys ever noticed how hard it can be to share the gospel? I mean, you get, you get into it, you start sharing your heart with somebody, and you start, man, saying, man, God loves you, and down at our church, God is doing this, and I want you to know this, and they'll cut you off, and they'll run right into a thing and start saying something like, well, I went to church once, and I'll I tell you, I, I found a bunch of hypocrites, or I found this, or I found that. And it's just, I, I, I was with somebody this past week, and I, I had them <clears throat> do something like that. I, I, I was just so excited about sharing them the gospel, the truth. And this guy cut me off, and he said, I'll tell you what, I've been to church. And, and he said, those places are filled with hypocrites, and you've got people out in the hallways that are stabbing each other in the back, and you've got people out in the parking lots that are running down the pass and running down. He goes, I want nothing to do with that. Like, How do you come back from something like that? I told him, I say, the one thing you got right is the church is filled with hypocrites. That's for sure. We're all sinners. We've all fallen short. We're all, we're all in need of that. But that, the thing that we have to do is we have to change the perspective of people when they look at us and say, that might be your perspective of what you've had in the past, but now that you're talking to me, let me show you something different. I want, I want to get into this. Because back in the Bible days, they had the same problem. For the long time, the strong religious leaders that they had and the influence that they had were the scribes and the Pharisees. The scribes and the Pharisees walked around and they wanted the attention put on them. They wanted the popularity. They wanted the fame. They, they, they would outdress everybody else. They would outlook everybody else. They would outpray everybody else. They, they established a standard and they put themselves up on there and they basically said, everybody, if you're not like this, you'll never come to God. That is a bunch of garbage. Can the church say amen right there? Amen. We cannot get up on Sunday morning and have the song, just as I am, to come to Jesus. And then we tell people that you are not good enough to come to Jesus. They showed no love. They showed no mercy. They were filled with pride. Jesus came on the scene and he said, oh, hi, hypocrites. Don't be like them. Don't listen to them. They uphold the traditions of men rather than the ordinances of God. They'd rather follow what man has done for generations to come as opposed to obey God and reaching people. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 16, the people that sat in darkness... The people that sat in darkness. You, let me ask you this. How did they sit in darkness if they had the scribes and the Pharisees that knew the Bible inside and out? They would walk into a thing and everybody would just split the, the crowd open because the scribes and the Pharisees showed up. But they were still described as sitting in darkness. Bible, they, those that sat in darkness saw a great light. Can I, do you guys know who the great light was? It was Jesus. And to them that sat in the region in the shadow of death, light sprung up. And the Bible said they, they, they had no hope and they had no love. They had no grace. They lived in the shadow of just being short of the law and not being good enough. And the Pharisees coming around saying, you're not good enough and you're not good enough. That's what they lived in the shadow of. From that time, Jesus 
he began to preach and to say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus was so different. Jesus showed an indescribable love. He cared about people, genuinely cared about people. He was never after religion. He was always after relationships. Do you put a higher priority on your religion than you do on relationships? He cared about the lepers. He cared about the thieves. He showed compassion on the poor. When they heard that Jesus was coming in the town, they lined up to see him. Just to get in the presence of love and joy and peace. They desired that. They craved that. You know why? Because it was so different. It was so different. They pushed right past the Pharisees. And I don't know what you got, but I'd rather have this. I, I don't know what you've been preaching, but I want this. And the next chapter just, just changed the page. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 14, and we've been in and out of this over and over again. Jesus went to them. Now Jesus, he didn't have a, a place to lay his head. He, did, he didn't walk around being popular amongst the leaders, but I'll tell you, he was light in the darkness. And he said to those people, Peter and James and John and all of them, he said, hey guys, ye are the light of the world. We just described that Jesus was the light of the world. And he went to them and he gathered, guys, come over here, come over here. You know everything that they think that I am? You know how they call me out as being so different? And you know how I love them and I go to the least of them and how I care for not the ones that have money and fame and popularity and look the part. I love them that are down and out, rejected and filled with sin. Hey guys, that's what you are. That's what I've called you to be. That's what I need you to be. Guys, you are the light. They sit in darkness. It's dark so much, but he said, guys, will you stand out? I want you guys to get our last visual of this. This was Jesus. And this was the Pharisees. This was Jesus. And this is the ones that sat in the shadow of death. This was Jesus. And this was drastically different than everything else. You say, explain it to me. I don't have to explain it. Watch this. Do you hear it? No, you don't. You just, you can see it. You can see the difference. You can label yourself Christian all day long and it will not make a difference. This is different. This is different. This is different. And they're like, okay. How? What, what do you got that I don't? You can tell people that you attend a church and it will not make a difference. You can wear an I love my church t-shirt every day of the week. And it will not make a difference. Keep reading verse 16 in chapter 5 again. Let your light so shine. Shine. Come out of you. From the power of all the things we've already studied. The power, the Holy Spirit, what he is. Let it come out of you. 
Let it shine before men, the lost, those that sit in the darkness, that they may, what's the next word? See your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. See, the Bible is emphasizing your difference ought to be seen. Your difference ought to stand out. Your difference, and don't define your difference by your opinion. I'm telling you, at the first of the year, we're going to hit this so hard. We have gotten away from a lot of things that God has said. You want to come and talk to me about what church should be? I'm going to ask you for a chapter and verse. Come to me and say, well, brother, chapter verse. We have a lot of opinion, but I tell you, opinion is killing the church. We sit there, the B-I-B-L-E, that's a book for me. I stand alone on the word of God, the B-I-B-L-E. Do you? Really? Because I'll tell you what, we ooze with opinion. We ooze with preferences. Do you ooze with the fruit of the Spirit? Do people get around you and they see and hear your opinion or do they hear and experience the gospel of Jesus Christ? See, the, the question is, what are we shining out? What is the difference? One of these guys that was, Jesus was saying, you are the light of the world and everything. He got it. He struggled with it. But his name was Peter. And Peter, later on, he was living this out and he wrote about it. And I, I want to I just break this passage down. So we're going to turn. I, I just I showed you Jesus was the light. Jesus taught to be the light. Now I want to show you a guy that was living the light. So I'm going to bring you to his testimony of 1 Peter 2.9. This is just going right in chronological orders. We see this. 1 Peter, Peter. Peter experienced all this. He was there. He saw Jesus. He walked with Jesus. He, he heard his teaching. He saw the difference of Jesus Christ. But notice how he put this. He said, but ye are a chosen generation. He's, he's pointing. You are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. A peculiar people. That word peculiar, we have a different definition. In both definitions, peculiar means odd or distinct or stands out. But in the Greek, it meant redeemed and changed. And I thought, how cool is it that both of those are the same? When you are redeemed, when you are bought with the blood of Jesus Christ, something different will be coming out of your life. You will be peculiar. That's what Christ said. Now notice this, here's the why, that you should show forth, shine the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. That word show forth the praises literally means to shine or display or live out or demonstrate. What are you demonstrating in your life? What, what, what is coming out of your life? Listen to this, verse 10 which in times past were not a people. In times past, you were not like Christ. In times past, you were not like Christ. If you put it like this, he says, but read the rest of it, but now are the people of God. Now you are different. Now you are peculiar. Or ought to be. Ought to be. Here's the reason why you which had not attained mercy, but now have attained mercy. It's who we are. 
We're going to walk through. I, I want to tell you guys why, how you're going to reach people. Let me tell you how being peculiar is going to change the world. How peculiar, not your opinion of it, but what God has said. Here's number one. Light is different than darkness. Light must be different than the darkness. Over and over again, he said, you were lost, but now you're fine. You, uh, found. You were, you, you were blinded by the sin, but now you stand out. You once couldn't see it, but now you do. How many of you would admit, just being honest, you're saved now, but you're not the person, man or woman, that you used to be. Raise your hand and testify to that. You're not who you used to be. Praise God. But would those that you work with say that? Does your neighbor that watches you with that lawnmower say that? When it doesn't start and you sit there and kick it and curse at it and run it? Do your kids say that? Don't label yourself peculiar. Does the, the what coming out of you say, yeah, I, I'm a, yeah, it's different. I can tell you it's different. The neighbors walk over and they're, oh, wow. Yeah, that's different. I've, I've not seen that. Your parents come to visit you that knew who you were when you grow up and said, son, whoa. Wow, you've changed a little bit. I, I don't know if I can <laughs> put my finger on it, but I'll tell you what, there's, you used to not be like this, man. I, honey, what is it? About our son. What, what is it about our neighbor? What is it about that guy that we work with? That's, I, I don't know what it is. But I know it's different. The Christian life should be a changed life. The Christian life should be a changed life. Because the Bible says old things are passed away. But behold all things are become new. Verse 11. Here in Peter again. Dearly beloved I beseech you. I beg of you, I call your attention to you, as strangers and pilgrims that you abstain from fleshly lusts that war against your soul. The word abstain means to, to keep far from you. The, the Bible is saying here that there are certain things that will blind the light. When we do not stand for righteousness, it loses our distinction of being like our Father. Do you guys get that? When God, well, he said, I, let me tell you guys, you're peculiar, but the thing that you have to get, you're not to live like the world. Because when you live like the world, you, believe in, you blend into the world. What is distinct about you? We can sit there and rant and rave about abortion and all these other big red, big button issues that we want to push and yell and scream and preach. But what about the little things that God has called us to be distinct? The sin that Christians allow in our lives. The thing is, we're blending in too much. College students that would rather be popular than stand for righteousness. Men that would rather get around their friends and go on these business trips and not stand up and say, guys, I'm not doing that. I'm not watching that. I'm not going to talk that way. We wonder why we're not making a difference because we sit there and say, hey, if you only live like this and you're like, dude, you got drunk just like the rest of us. What's the difference? You sit there and run your wife down just like we do. You sit there and cuss just like we do. What's the difference? Why would I want to be like you when I don't see a difference? Why would I desire what you have when I don't see anything worth desiring? You know what it becomes? 
The only difference between you and you is the fact that you're obligated to go to church every Sunday and I get to sleep in. I think my way's a lot better. You think I'm joking? You know what our problem is? A lot of us are too churchy. We think so much like Christians and, and saving, and let me say we should, but we have forgotten what lost people are thinking. We, we, we can get so wrapped up in our religion that we, we remember that Jesus stepped into their life and he was distinct in the darkness. You cannot witness to that lost neighbor and tell him how Jesus has changed your life if he has not changed your life. Jesus said in Matthew 5, if you remember, neither do men hide their light under a bushel, but set it on a candlestick so that all can hear. See, the thing is, and if you guys will get this, our lives are to be living object lessons for the world. Realize that you might be the only gospel that they ever see. You might be the only gospel that's ever presented to them. You, you, you might be the only church that they ever get around. The question is, what are they seeing? And by the way, they are watching you. I've had people come up and say the oddest things at the oddest times about this. I was, before I got an extension ladder, I was trying to paint some of my overhangs by hanging off the roof. I don't recommend it, okay? And uh, a couple of days later, I was out painting the rest of it, and this lady walks up to me and she says, you know, I think the way you're doing it now is a whole lot better than hanging off the roof. <laughs> How did you know that? I was on the backside of... People are watching you. Even when you do very stupid things, they're watching you. See, the thing is, we can't just tell them that Jesus gives peace. We have to live it. We can't just tell them that Jesus gives joy. We have to live it. You can't just tell them that God will bless you for living the righteous life. You've got to live it before them. 1 Peter 2 verse 12 now. Having your conversation, that word conversation is not the same way that word that we use today about conversing and sharing. That word conversation means your way of life, the way you live. Be honest, true, and real. Do you know why Jesus was so attractive to the world? Because the Pharisees were fake. They had the look. They had the words, but they did not have the heart. Jesus said, you know, with your, with your lips you please me, but your hearts are far from me. The world can see the fakiness in our lives. They're not going to want Jesus because they see all of you march out to your car and get in, your car, in the car to go to church with Bibles in your hands. That's not going to draw them to Christ. But when they see the unity and the love of your family and say, honey, I wish we could get along like that. It's a lot different. Now listen to this. That whereas they speak against you as evildoers. How true that is. How will we convince the lost? How, how will you reach those other parents that are on the soccer team when they sit there and say, yeah, I saw that pastor's last week on TV. I, 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 I graduated. I, I went to college with this guy that I just found out just got convicted of 200, 210 years in prison. This, this guy is a guy that I sat in Bible college with. You know what I'm realizing? We have lost our distinction. 
It's not what you label yourself. It's what comes out of your lips, what comes out of your action that makes an impact on the lost. How you live your life. Now listen to this. That they may buy your good works which they shall behold. Which they shall see your actions glorify God in the day of visitation. We are losing this battle because we have lost our difference. Verse 12 says, having your way of life true. All of these things must reflect God. I want to show you guys a picture. Okay, Richard, if you can put that picture up. This is a, a family photo. No, I'm just kidding. One of them is me and one of them is Dave, but Dave kind of blends in with the other three, so let me point them out. Dave's the one up front. He's got like a yellow thing on his shirt. That's Dave, okay? Um, Pastor Dave and I are brothers. I think most of you guys knew that. Oftentimes, uh, Pastor Dave will be in the hallways and I'll get done preaching because we are pretty similar in appearance, although I hate to, it grieves me to even say that. Uh, I, I think it's kind of obvious that we resemble ourselves as, as, as brothers. And uh, I'll get done preaching and I'll go back to Connecting Point and Dave will be somewhere else in the church and somebody will come by him and say, Pastor Tony, I just want to say thank you for that message today. And Dave will say something like, well, I'm glad I never studied or anything. I just winged it and, uh, you, know, you know, it was like, yeah, thanks, Dave. But uh, here, here's the thing. We both have a lot of similarities because we have the same, we, we come from the same genes. We have the same parents. We were born of the same family. So the characteristics of who we were born of is seen inside of our lives. And, and, and us as brothers, as liutsos, look different than maybe half, 90% of the people that are out here. See, the thing is, what Christ's desire is, he said, I not only want you to be different, but I, I, I want the world to be able to see a consecutive change in Christian's life where they say, hey, I've seen that love and I've seen that joy before. I said, well, the thing is, let me tell you, Christ came into my life and I'm not the man that I used to be. What, what, how do you hold things together? Let me tell you, Christ came into my life and I'm not the person I used to be. Let, let's just say they went through the whole church. Do you think that they would see something? What happens is they begin to ask the question, why? Wait, wait, wait a minute. I thought that was all hypocritical. I, I, I mean, I, I knew this pastor growing up and he was a jerk and he was this. That by your good works, your distinction, your passion, your joy. See, light is different. Let me, let me go quickly through this, these next couple points. Not only is light different, but light attracts. Light attracts. If you've ever been in like a movie theater or something like that and it's all dark and somebody pulls out that cell phone, whoosh, they, they may as well put out a beacon. I mean, it's just like, it just stands in a dark room. The, 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 the slightest light stands out like crazy. And the thing is, without even realizing it, everybody's focus and attention goes and goes, wow, what is that? What are they doing? In that illustration, that's a negative. But in the Christian illustration, it should be a positive. Verse 12 again. Having your conversation or your behavior honest, truthful, beautiful, real among the Gentiles. Whereas they speak evil against you. How do you change it? That by your good works, they'll change that. How how, how do you reach the lost? How, How do you get into their lives? Here it is. 
We've got to show them something. So, so in the world, when all of a sudden somebody comes to know Jesus Christ, and they look at that, and I go back to that verse where the Bible says that, that the light sprung up in darkness. Can I just for a couple of minutes explain to you what made Jesus' life and ministry so powerful? See, it's the same principles that, that he said. If, if we lift up on a candlestick, don't hide it under a bushel, but if we lift up on a candlestick... The thing that I found out that that Christ was, the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He so loved the world. See, the distinction that came out of him was the love of God. How how should we be surprised when Galatians 5.22 says, but the fruit of the spirit or the display of the spirit, the very first thing that he says is love. Let me put it like this. In a world that doesn't know love, Not real love, not God's love. In a world that is used to being stuck in the back, walked over, cheated, lied to, half the contracts they sign has bought, you know, that fine print that they didn't read everything. It's it's just something wrong and something missing. And God says, they shall know you by your love. The Bible says there's no greater love than this that a man lays down his life for his friends. I think of that picture of Jesus Christ on the cross. As he's got his arms stretched out and he's, he's got the, the blood and, uh, and, and he's ripped apart from shreds. And, and, and I know we have that. And the Bible says, that was so different. Let me, let me tell you guys, that what they saw as Jesus said, I've come because I love you. And they witnessed that. It was far different than the Pharisees. The Pharisees were over there. Oh. Look at this man. He was never be as good as us. Look at that. I so desperately want to be more like Jesus than the Pharisees every day of my life. Where they came into the presence of Jesus Christ. They came into the love of God. It was sacrificial. He laid it down. He got on his knees. He, he, He washed their feet. He did all of these things of himself. And they were like, why are you doing this? Born in a manger. Grown up as a carpenter's son. Grew up to be a servant of man. And then we turn around and wonder why they don't want us. Nobody's impressed because we get on this stage and hold a microphone. Nobody's going to come to know Jesus Christ because of the fact that you have a title in the church. Nobody's going to be changed ever just because you've been a member for 30, 40, 50 years at a certain church. The Bible says when they saw him, Because of what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us. It was sacrificial. He gave of himself. He laid it down. It was all for the sake of others. He was humble beyond description. He was merciful beyond description. He was forgiving beyond description. What we've labeled Christians to be, does it match that? Half the time, We're not giving of ourselves. It's not a matter of how can I serve you. It's you're in my seat. I've had that position for X amount of years. I've done this. I've done that. It's me, 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 me. You realize the entire life of Christ was outward to the lost. You rarely found him bunched up with a bunch of Christians. He was always seeking to save that which was lost. Have we lost the concept of Jesus himself? 
Has that become a religious symbol rather than a sign of sacrifice of love? Agape love. To have people that you won't even forgive? To have people that you went you, you, you written off your kids or your parents because of something they've done to you? See, none of, none of those things would make a difference because he said that's the fruit of the Spirit is love. I, I've heard people say a lot of crazy things about what a Christian is. What a Christian looks like. The uniform of a Christian. The look of a Christian. Well, let's see. He said it's love, joy, and peace, and long-suffering, and gentleness, and goodness, and faith, and meekness, and temperance. Against such there is no law. Nothing you can buy at Walmart. It's the love of God. He went on to say it wasn't just the love of God, but he said the fruit of the display of the Spirit is love and joy. And I don't know if these things are prioritized in the order of what he put them, but I do know the Bible says, Paul said this, he said, if I, if I, if I give my body to be burned and, I, and if I give my body for service and all these things and I don't have love, he said, it profited me nothing. If you're not showing the love of God, but you have everything else put together, then you have nothing. The Bible said, of all of these gifts, the greatest of these gifts is love. And then he goes on and says joy. There ought to be joy in a Christian's life that is not based on money, fame, or circumstances. The joy of a Christian ought to be obvious. You know why? Because we have salvation, we have the Bible, we have eternal security, we have heaven that awaits us, we have our church family, we have the answers through God's word, we have everything. And you get around some people that are going to church. Good morning. What's good about it? Jesus? <laughs> Salvation from eternal damnation and that burneth forever from that? <laughs> the fact that the Son of God died on the cross, saved you from your sin, and you did nothing to earn it? That? I mean, he's like, oh. You show the things that matter to Jesus, and I'll tell you, you show the things that will matter to people. Christians that mope through life, there is no happiness, there is no passion, there is no excitement. There will be no change. There will be no effect. And then he went on, and I'll, I'll just hit these first three. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, and then he went into peace. The peace of God. What would happen when people get around you and and I know, I know I've used in this illustration already. Jason Paulson walks up to here and says, I have cancer, but God's in control. The whole world sits back and goes, what? 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 I, I don't get that. You love me? Do you? He probably doesn't know that I struggle with whatever it is. Do you know that I smoke? I do. You know what Jesus did for you on the cross and for me on the cross? He loved me while I was yet a sinner. Christ died for the ungodly. And I tell you, that peace that passes all understanding, when they see us solid as a rock going through the storm, we know that we have something true to stand on through the rock of Jesus Christ. I promise you, 
it turns heads. It attracts the lost. Light is different. Light attracts, but last, light affects. We've talked about how Satan has blinded the minds of the world. And how do you take off the blinders? Let me read this whole verse again. It says it in both spots. 1 Peter 2.12, having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak evil against you as evildoers, although they're going to do that, although they're going to call you hypocrites, and, and that's not true. And I knew a pastor one time or a Christian one time that by your good works, your difference, your love, your joy, your peace, which they shall see, shall behold, may glorify God in the day of visitation. The Bible says, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. The Bible says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. And they will do what? Glorify your Father which is in heaven. The the thing that happens is they're, they're asking, they're wondering, where did you get that? How did you get that? Why is my life so different than yours? What do I have to have to have that? It's the same thing. You guys know what it's like. One of the biggest money marketing things in our nation, in our world, is weight loss. There is more money spent on that. I I read the statistic one time, blew me away. Well, people spend to try to lose weight. You find somebody, you get around and say, whoa, you look different. What happened? I've lost 35, 45, whatever pounds. What's the next question? How did you do it? How did you do it? How did you get that? Because I'm telling you, I've seen the infomercials. I've bought the treadmills. I've got all the videos. But that's what I want. How did you get that? That they may see the difference in your life. And this is, oh, how did I get this? God did it all. It's not that I have that love It's not that it's my peace. It's not the joy. It's that. It's the fruit of the Spirit. It's what God did when God got into my life. It's what God did when He transformed me. It was never what I did. It was all what He did. And the Bible says the response, when they get it, when they see it, when they experience, is they too will glorify, which means magnify, which means draw attention to our God. I just explained your very purpose for existing. It's not the boat you're saving for. It's not your second house. It's, it's not fancy cars. It's, it's not being popular. It's not how many likes you have on Facebook. It all comes down to one thing. You live to point other people to Christ. He said, if I am lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. You know what that is? We lift up Jesus Christ. We lift up the love of God. We lift up the joy. We lift up the peace. And the Bible says in a world that's filled with darkness, you're giving them something that they're all seeking. I want to, I want to close with one verse. This wasn't in my notes or anything. I actually got this because uh, Nathan Coey is over. There. If you guys know, that there's a huge party going on right now. We have a ton of people. The whole other side of the church is packed. It's, it's awesome. So I, they're doing this tailgate Sunday and they just blown it out. And Nathan got up there and he said this verse and the Lord just hit me and said, that's it. In Philippians 1.26, that your rejoicing may be more abundant in Jesus Christ. 
That, that, that he's talking about, that you're talking about impact in the world, that your rejoicing, your joy, your love will be huge through Jesus Christ. Now listen to this next verse. Only let your conversation or the way you live your life be as it becometh the gospel. The gospel. When people see you, do they see the gospel? I'm not talking about on Sunday morning from 10 to 12, 15. I'm talking about tomorrow morning, tomorrow night. I'm talking about when the world is falling apart and whoever, whatever gets voted in on all this garbage and things that is being presented before us. When they look at you and say, honey, I tell you what, I I wouldn't mind hanging out with so-and-so more often because I tell you, they seem to have it together and I don't know why, but there's something special about those people. I don't know why it is, honey. There's this one guy and he sits there and reads his Bible and I know how that is. There's a bunch of hypocrites that do that and stuff. But I'll tell you what. He's got the best attitude at work. I don't know what it is, but I just, I like being around him. You know what it is? It's Jesus being lived out in your life. So let me ask you, what's coming out of your life? And does the world want it? Are they worried about catching what you have because you're so miserable? 